Hello, hello, hello. Um, this is uh, Sheila, and I'm coming to you tonight with um, two amazing and powerful women who I happen to love dearly. Um, we're going to have a conversation um, that is a gift. This conversation is a gift to anyone who listens to or watches Soulful Conversations with Frank and Sheila um, around how to uh, grieve and celebrate the, li the lives and the legacies of our mothers. Mother's Day is coming up and we know that this can be a tough time for individuals whose mothers have transitioned. Um, and so we wanted to have a life-giving conversation and show what this healing journey has done for each of us in our uh, journey towards healing, greater healing. Um, I do not say that my mother is lost. I, I'm very intentional about saying my mother has transitioned. I don't feel like I lost her. I feel like I'm clear um, as a woman of faith that my mother was a woman of God and that she is in the presence of God. So I don't feel like she's lost, but she has transitioned. And the way that she parents me now is just different. It's just different. And so again, I am Sheila. I am the daughter of Joanne, who is the daughter of Virginia Jackson. And I wanna introduce you to these incredible women I, who I have assembled for this conversation. Miss Lisa, would you introduce yourself, please? Yes, good evening, everyone. I'm Lisa and I'm the daughter of Irene. Awesome, Miss Alva. Hi, everybody. My name is Alva, and I am the daughter of Patricia, who is the daughter of Alice, and Alice is still alive. My grandmother is still here, and she is 93, 93 years old. Yep. 93 years. Yes. 93 years. Yes. We're going to celebrate that. We are absolutely going to celebrate that. Right. Um, well, ladies, we were we 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 talk all the time. We're family. Um, we know each other. We love each other. We have journeyed with each other um, through seasons of great loss, great grief. Um, and yet I wanted this conversation to be inspirational. I wanted this conversation to offer some hope. Of course, we know people who have very recently had mothers transition and they can't see this day for them. They can't see um, the realm that we live in now. Um, they can't see that. They're, they're, they are overcome with their grief. They are overburdened with their grief and they can't imagine a day without crying. They can't imagine a day um, without memories overtaking them and that ache of absence overwhelming them. Uh, for some, this is their first Mother's Day since their mother transitioned. And for others, it's been decades, but the pain of it is still real, is still viable. They can still feel it in their bodies. And so we don't wanna leave people with that. We wanna offer them some hope. We want to share with them that it does get better. It does get better. The ache will, will remain for a lot of us, but your days and your nights can get better. There is grace to endure. There is mercy available to you. Um, and so I wanna start with, with Lisa and tell us a little bit about, about your mom. When did she transition and how old were you? So my mom transitioned on August 6, 1992. Um, she was 65. She had just turned 65. Um, and I was about to turn 25 when she transitioned. Miss Alva? My mother passed 12 years ago on Halloween. And I was post- I had just had my daughter who was two weeks old and I was 35 years old 35. when she died. Mm -hmm. So when you think about um, when your mom transitioned versus growing up, like what was your relationship like and how did it evolve? Did you, did you, did you 
because Alvin and I talk about this a lot, like in the beginning, like they're your mother, they're your caregiver, they're your nurturer. And then somewhere or another, you develop almost a friendship. It, it's, it's mutual respect and it's mutual admiration. Can, can both of you talk about that a little bit, that transition from being the dependent child to um, having a different type of relationship with your mother? So I think mine, I was on the cusp of developing that relationship of um, being woman to woman and, and her seeing me as an adult um, and me seeing her as a woman and not just my mother. Um, and so I didn't really get a chance to develop that and really experience it because I was like 25. So I was still kind of young and crazy um, doing you know, what I thought I was big and bad enough to do. So I didn't get to fully experience um, transitioning into that where we were like sisters and friends and what about you, Alva? Um, I think about that and I uh, try to figure out when did I actually become like this adult person to my mother. Um, I, I saw my mother as a woman early on, probably more so than she saw herself um, as a woman. Like I see most people, most of my friends as full on beautiful people. I saw my mother the same way. And I would call my mother's gifts out of her. And one of the things that happened when I was 28, you know, by the time I was 28, I had gotten a master's degree and professional education matures you because it makes you think about things that you don't, that you're not going to think about if you're just not doing it. Right. So my education forced me to kind of grow up. But I remember I probably about 33 and I think 33 is an important age because it was when my mother's illness started to decline so she died over a two-year period like she got sick sicker than she'd ever been and she had a colostomy an ostomy bag and um before they put it on they knew they had to do the surgery and the nurse came in to do the pre-op and to sell because because it, it happens rather quickly like when you have I mean you can meet her out of surgery it's one thing but when you have to do it in real time like it's almost an emergency like within a 24-hour period they have to come down and tell you how your body's going to change I was sitting on the side of the bed talking to my mother's nurse and I said to her um is my mother my mother has a boyfriend is she going to be able to have sex after you put this bag on her side and my mother was almost mortified but to redeem her dignity I said mom I am your advocate right now you can't really see me as your daughter I need to know what the quality of your life is going to be um so I can help you so that we can get through this and she just kind of touched her like it was this dear and almost brings tears to my eyes. Right. After 12 years, something I probably haven't recounted in a long time. But she was like, wow, like my daughter sees me as a as a woman, you know, as this woman. And she's not a child. She's not a kid. And she's a professional and she's a advocate and she's grown. And that was one of those times when I said, oh, and then after that, I remember her telling my, telling people, and after she died, people recounted it to me. She said, my daughter was not only my child, she was my friend, you know? And that's one of the highest honors I think you can get from a mother. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're, we're coming up on Mother's Day and like I said before, you know, that can be a pretty trying, uh, traumatic uh, time for people. And I think that commercially, right, we're conditioned to celebrate Mother's Day, right? You don't necessarily celebrate Father's Day at the same height or magnitude that you celebrate mothers. And even for folks who've had challenging relationships with their mothers, they still too get caught up in the hype of Mother's Day. Yeah. And, and so sometimes the grief isn't just um, the mother that transitioned, it's the mother who wasn't a mother, who wasn't really you know, a mother to you. Um, can we talk about that a little bit? Because I know we were, we were originally like, you know, 
this is this is a gift for people who are in grief. But Alva is the griefologist and has taught us well that grief is not just about death, that it is about loss. And for some, it is the loss of relationship. So Alva, can you talk about that a little bit? Like for folks who their mother is probably very much alive, but they don't have a motherly relationship um, with them. Um, yeah, and I think it's important that we we do honor that and recognize that everybody doesn't have this beautiful, you know, growth process right, <laughs> with their mothers and that mothers are people too. And sometimes they don't honor the role of being a mother. And I think it's okay. It's okay to say, oh yeah, well, I didn't have that fairy tale. Um, there, there are a couple of things in my journey of watching friends who still have their mothers, you know, because sometimes you can get in your feelings. I, I don't want people to think that you, that grieving your mother on Mother's Day is something you master, whether it's 20 years or 30 years. There are some days some mother's days you're going to wake up and you're going to be like, I'm just so grateful. I had a wonderful mother or that my mother, my relationship with my mother grew to a place of wonderment. That doesn't mean that's what it always was. Right. But that we reconcile some stuff. We were able to, you know, and I, and I want people to honor that, that if you're journeying along, that you still have opportunities to, to make amends or, you know, grow together or, you know, heal together. Um, because there are going to be some Mother's Days you wake up absolutely just not feeling it. You know, I just don't want to go to church because I don't want to see mamas and daughters. I ain't going to dinner because I don't want to see that. You know, I'm not going to Hallmark store because I don't want to see people bad presents, right? And I think it's just important to honor where you are and say that some moments we'll celebrate and some moments we'll grieve. And sometimes you'll do it all in the same space. Like you will wake up in the morning and be like, oh my God, I'm not feeling this. And then 15 minutes later, you're like, oh my God, I got to feel it because I got to go out this door and I got to do this and I have to do that. Because what, you, what, we, what we have to honor is that there are mothers in our midst, right? There are mothers in our midst, there are grandmothers. Again, my grandmother is still alive. So we very much honor mothers on Mother's Day, even in the absence of my own because her mother is still alive, right? And so you have to, just kind of be where you are, nurture yourself where you are, honor where you are and all the feelings that cycle through um, in the moment, in the space, in the day, in the years, right? Because we, we have that. So it's not just one size, it's all, I wish, you know, it was like, oh, you get to this place where you're just, oh, I'd never grieve again. It doesn't happen that way. You, you have some broken. So you, just, you just did that thing you do, Alva, where you just shifted this whole conversation so I have a question for Lisa. How significant has it been? Alva just said, but we still have mothers around, right? How significant has it been for you? Um, because you said you were 25 when your mother transitioned. Alva was in her 30s. I was in my 40s when my mother transitioned. So. How significant has it been for you to, to even acknowledge someone as a motherly figure, to be able to look at somebody and go, you, 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 have, you nurture me. You nurture me in a way that a mother would. And I'm, I'm feeling some kind of way about that. I got to figure out how to. <laughs> how to be okay with that and, and not dishonor my mother. And, and, and maybe I had a boundary up that said, nobody should cross this because um, my mother transitioned. But, but 25 to the age you are now has had to have its share of amazing, beautiful relationships with women who have seeded you, who have nurtured you. What has that, what has that journey been like? And how important is it to even <laughs> that those people are around. So like you said, there has been an evolution because first I wouldn't dare call anyone mother after my mother died. I felt like you don't deserve that. Um, and, and coming up in church, there were mothers of the church. I couldn't, I couldn't call them mother. Um, but then eventually I, I came across 
women um, who were nurturing and who I felt safe with and who I felt um, that I could give them that honor. And they knew that it was difficult for me to even give them that honor. So they respected me even more when I started to call them mother. So it, it was a journey um, and it took years. It took years um, before I would call another woman mother. Um, but then healing took place. And like you said, there were, there were women that came around that nurtured me and genuinely loved me um, and I felt it. And so um, I received it and then I gave it back to them. And it was a beautiful exchange. Um, it took a long time to get there, but when I got there, um, it was well worth it. Yeah. And I wouldn't change uh, anything of, of the relationship that we had with those women that nurtured us and loved us and disciplined us. Yeah. Um, because it was all out of love. It was just a motherly love and you felt it. Um, and so I felt like that was God's way of saying, you know what? I got you. I've always had you, but let me show you. Yeah. Let me show you. Let me show you through. Yeah. And you have to, women have to, you have to be open to it. Yeah. You have Say to that be part. open. You mm-hmm. have to be open to it. You also have to be discerning. Um, you got to discern whether they're coming at you with the right spirit. And if they are, then be open to it because that will also be instrumental in your healing. Because no one will ever replace your mother and they're not going, they're not coming in to do um, a replacement work. They're coming in to supplement, to just come alongside you and to continue to nurture you and love you um, like a mother would do. And now I have several women that I look at and I will call a mother. And it's been worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Alva, do you have anything on that? Because we share some of the same mothers. So do you, yeah, we do. <laughs> do yeah, you have um, insight on that as well? Um, I think for me, it wasn't as hard to recognize um, calling someone else mother. And I, and I think my comparison is my sister. I have my sister um, refused and still 12 years later and maybe a lifetime will never call anyone mother. Um, and so again, when I, when my mother passed, when she transitioned, I had a, I had a two week old. And so I was grieving the loss of my mother, but I was also grieving the loss that my daughter would never know her. Um, my seven year old, still has, you know, she was seven, she's 18 now. She has memories of, of my, my mom, the youngest. Um, she has, you know, indirect or vicarious memories of her, but she doesn't know, like she doesn't know her. She never touched her, never saw her. And um, my mother's sister stepped up to the plate and was taking care of my daughter and offering um, childcare. Cause you know, you just can't trust everybody with a small baby. And she had grandkids and everybody called her nanny. So when my daughter started to call her nanny, my sister was offended. And she was like, that's not her nanny. And I said to her, for all intents and purposes, for the intention of what we're doing, this is her nanny. And this is who she, this is who she loves as her nanny. Now, at some point, will she be taught that her grandmother is my mother and this is who my mother was? You know, that I am the daughter of Patricia? And she is the daughter of Alva, who's, you know, the daughter of Patricia. And it was so hard for her, but it wasn't hard for me because the key to this for me, and I was thinking about it as Lisa was talking, is that some of these, some, sometimes I was mothered while my mother was still alive, but nobody loved me the way she did. Mm-hmm. Right. So I had first ladies who mothered me in a way that my mother couldn't. I remember going to Africa and being on the plane for the first time and crying in the airport. And it was this lady from England who was going to visit her sister. She had moved to the States. Um, And she was a little short white lady, 
And I'm thinking to myself, I'm African-American. This woman mothered me all through the airport. <laughs> she was not even as tall as me. And she mothered me right on. Come on, sweetheart. Don't cry. Come on. I'm going to help you. And then I met another lady in the airport who was on her life's journey trip. And she mother me, her name was Claiborne. I'll never forget it. So God sends mothers, like you said, if you are open. And so then on my graduation from seminary, it was the only graduation thus far in my life that my mother was not going to be at. And I was devastated. And then when I look back at the pictures, the devastation is there because I ain't take time to fix my hair. My hat was on my head all lopsided and because I just won't feel in it. I wasn't. And I remember when Mama Olds showed up. You could have, if she, if I, I, I promise you, if she hadn't been holding on to me, I probably would hit the flow. I probably would hit the ground. Because if she hadn't been holding on to me when she said, your mother's here. And see, Mama Olds <laughs> and my mama got the same first name. Patricia. Mm. Okay, so this lady loving me and she says, oh, your mother's here. She is. And I love you. And I just want you to know that she loves you too. And I could have passed out and cried and, <laughs> and everything else. Right? <laughs> and everything else. But she embraced me and we went on through our day. And she said, I was here. She said, I came here just for you. And she got daughters. She got a biological daughter. She got it. <laughs> but her daughter won't graduate in that day. I was. And she was there for me. So if you if you are gonna dishonor a woman who mothers you, then you better watch out. I don't want to be standing next to you because God don't like ugly. When he <laughs> sent somebody to take to love you, right, right, that you didn't ask, who didn't boast, who didn't brag, who didn't tell nobody she was coming for me. She didn't tell nobody she was coming for me. She just had a gift bag for me when I when I received that diploma and came off that stage. You understand? So when, when a mother mothers you, oh, you receive it and yeah. say, thank you, God. Yeah. Thank you. Because the only reason I was able to know what a mother's love felt like is because my mother had loved me. And that's another gift. Sometimes people don't even know what a motherly love is because you don't have an example of it. So we resist it and we can't receive it. Right. But because my mother was so good to me and we had this back and forth, I know when another woman is, like you said, discerning that she truly just loves you. She don't want nothing from you. Right. You know, she just want to love you. Wow. And that's what God has said to me, just even in all my sister friends, to be mothered and nurtured and loved in that way. So that's just an amazing gift of my life. It's the miracle of my life. Yeah, I, I feel all of that. Like that's, that's, and I've heard that story before, but that just ran all through me. All <laughs> over again. Um, and, and, and part of the reason why is because, of course, we all love Mama, um, Mama O's, but also because one of the gifts that um, that Alva gave me when my mother transitioned was the gift of knowing that um, that just because she was not physically here, it did not mean that I would not still be mothered by her. That the influence of her would not still be running ripples all through my life. And I think when moments like that happen, I think that is that is the grace of your mother through another person. And that's why you can feel it. And that's why you know that it's love. And that's why you can connect with it so deeply. Because like you said, when you've been loved well, you can, you can feel it again. You get to feel it again. And you get to feel it again. And it might come through different people. And it might come through one person one time in an airport or, you know, through relationships like that we have with Mama Sandra and uh, Mama Olds. Oh. But, I just, I just think that that's a powerful ideal to give people that even when, you're, when your mother transitions or your parent transitions, it doesn't necessarily mean that you stop being parented, that there's a way, there is a way that that love can show back up in your life. It might not be through the people that you want or the people that you anticipate, but it, can, it has the power to show back up because love never dies. Never. but the love never dies and if, if, if it comes it comes back manifest in a different way you got to be open enough like Lisa said to be able to say 
you know, that was a wink from heaven. And, and I'm a, you know, that on the day that you're graduating, a woman named Patricia who already loves you will show up at the one graduation where your birth mother was not. You know what I mean? Like by the time you <laughs> add up all of those dots and connect all of that, that's not a coincidence. No, no, no longer is coincidence. That is absolutely an act of grace. It's an exactly. act of God to, um, to touch your heart. So talk to me about the way that the love and maybe even the discipline because Joanne kept a switch and a fly swatter. So, you know, I had that mother. Um, how does how does the love and or the discipline of your mother inspire you today? Like, I know there's just some stuff I'm not going to do because I feel like I, I can hear Joanne in the back of my head saying, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. What you doing? <laughs> what you doing? What you getting ready to do? <laughs> um, so how does that show up? Um, how does that show up for you, Lisa? Is, is there are there moments where you go, mm, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> there's it, there's a level of modesty and tradition in me that I cannot shake, and clearly that is my mother. Wow. Um, clearly, you know, she wasn't trendy. She wasn't out buying the latest anything, but she was stylish. She was color coordinated. She was very well put together. Um, but she was also conservative. Mm. And I, I feel like that's me. I mean, I'm conservative in my dress. Even when I want to like, just like, just <laughs> throw it, you know, like you just said, you hear that little, er, what you doing? What are you doing? You ain't going outside like that. Like that. <laughs> and I can hear, <laughs> I can hear her say, you need to put a slip on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's sure enough. That's sure enough right there. Yeah. That's what, what about you, Alva? How does, how does your mother just, whether in love or in discipline, how how is that? How does that show up even now, twelve years later? Well, my mother, you know, and and and, and you know, we are of the age. This group right here, where we are age. <laughs> of a certain age, right? Where um, we always hear people say, and didn't know you was gonna get there as quick as you do. But I can say what I want to say. I'm old enough to do what I want to do. And my mother was the kind of person that didn't miss words with you. She was going to say what she had to say. And I'm, I'm that person. I'm going to say what I've had, what I want to say. The thing about it is I think I'm, I've even metered myself more than my mother ever did. Like she, she didn't meet her. And one of the things that I love about my mother and I do it with my daughters, my mother could tell me the truth about myself with no cut card, if anybody know what a cut card is, with no cut card, straight, no chaser. And I knew that it was coming from a genuine place. Mm. I didn't have to like it, but she was going to tell me, oh no, excuse me, that is not them, that is you. That is not somebody else's issue or problem, that is your issue and your problem. You need to deal with it. And I didn't have to second guess, well, was she trying to be funny or she thinks she better than me? She thinks she did. You know, I didn't have to go through the things that you go through socially with friends who tell you something you don't want to hear, right? My mother was telling me what I didn't want to hear in love and she would be like, okay. And there are certain, some, some things, some conversations I still revisit to this day that have just fashioned and constructed and offer structure to my life that my mother shared with me that probably if somebody else had said it, I would have dismissed it all day long. Probably wouldn't have thought about it twice, right? But my mother and just in discipline and love, one and the same, would share with me the truth of who I am without, even if it hurt me, but without humiliating me. Ah, you know, yeah. my mother could, could, could straighten me out without humiliation. Mm. Um, and she wasn't the kind of person that would humiliate you, but she was the kind of person that said, you know, I know you might not want to hear it, but this is your mom. Like, I'm going to tell you, but it was never to humiliate or demean me or put me down. Yeah, that's powerful. And that's a, that is an art. <laughs> Because that is an art. I, I think in our community, and, and there'll be lots of people watching this um, from a diversity perspective, but I think in our community, 
there's been there's been a lot of fussing. There's been a lot of um, snatching of the neck with their words and things <laughs> like that. In, in their mind, it is in love, right? Right. Um, and now we call that trauma. We call it abuse when that was not the vernacular um, back when when it was happening to us, nor when it was happening to them. Right. Right. So when you think about all of that, and you think about what your what your mothers had to endure, and and yet figured out how to still be good to us. What what in all of that, as it relates to their legacy, do you think stands up in you today? Like, how does their legacy absolutely show up in you today? Hmm. So why y'all think, I, I, so thinking, I feel like for me, it shows up with these kids. Like, like that that was taking care of somebody and, and having like an uncommon relationship with a child is, it was my mother's superpower. Um, people, you know, we grew up around people who could be very impatient with kids, very entire, and my mother, that wasn't her. Like she had, she had all the grace and all the patience. If you were a child, she was, you were her, you were her jam, period. I don't know that my mom was as big on adults, <laughs> like at all. Like I think if my mother had a choice, she'd rather be with a kid. She would rather be with a child and be with an adult. And I think that, that that stands up in me even when I wanted to sit down. Like I just can't help it. If I see a child not being taken care of, if I see a child in harm's way, if I see a child um, hungry, like something about that just do something to me. If if if. If a child is like, no, I want to come to your house. I'm like, okay. Like nothing, nothing in me has a no for that. Right. These kids can ask you for anything and get it. And it's, and it's a shame. It's a shame, but they know it. They know it. If they, if they say, can I stay? Yes. I don't even care how long, just stay. It don't matter. That, you know, like, but, but I think, I think that, I think I came through Joanne like that. You know what I mean? Like, like that ain't something I picked up. That's not something that I picked up. That's not something I decided to be. Um, and that's what I mean by legacy. Like, what is it about you that resembles your mother that you didn't decide? It's just innately in you. It's in your DNA to be that way. And it came through your bloodline. What is that for you? For me? Um, and it's interesting that you say what is the legacy because it came through me but it didn't manifest in us the same way so it's the same trait but it absolutely manifested in my mother a different way right um and get the same way so one of the things that my mother was very sensitive my mother was a sensitive being like she was sensitive to smells to, to things that you could hear to things that you see she saw things that people didn't see you know like you you could look at something like you didn't see that. And I was, I saw it, but a lot of people didn't see the way that my mother saw and I'm this way. And what that actually translates, cause, cause see my mother was very, uh, <clears throat> while she was very, uh, straightforward, she was very reserved and introverted. Now I'm straightforward and extroverted, right? So our personalities were very, very different. And yet my mother was the kind of person at a time when children were supposed to be seen and not heard. My mother was the person who says that children are people. Mm. And she let me have my own mask. She let me have my own say. Now, was she always the mama? That never got crossed. My mother was always the mama. And she would look at me and be like, I've had enough. I've had enough. You know, like, and that was your cue to sit down. She gonna let you have your say. She gonna let you say what you want to say. Now go sit down before you cross the line and get hurt up there in the house, right? And so I'm the same with my girls. People, you know, this even this first year of my daughter's schooling, people say, God, your mom cool. And my daughter goes, yeah, she is pretty cool because they're people. You know, you teach your kids to have, to have thoughts and to know what they think and who they are, what they like and what they don't like. Um, and that takes some cultivating, but I could tell my mother what I thought about something. I could tell her, you know, she could talk to me candidly about sex. Did we cross lines when it came to that? Absolutely not. 
you still knew that she was your mama. Right. Like that, like that situation in the hospital was me being an adult. I know she's not gonna ask you, but I'm gonna ask you. But other times when we talked about sex casually, no, you didn't, you didn't cross no lines, you didn't talk foul, you didn't use vulgar language, you didn't look. My mother was not a TikTok mom. Let's be clear. Ah. You weren't gonna TikTok me because you would have been in the floor. Yeah. Okay. And it wouldn't have been funny. And that would have been the TikTok right there. Did you record that? <laughs> how you got down there? Did you tell them how you got up? <laughs> because, <laughs> because that ain't what we do. You know, but mama, you know, she wasn't a TikTok mom, not a Disney mom, all that imaginary parenting. Oh, my mama was straight present, right? And yet I could say what I wanted to say. And she gave me the grace and the mercy to do so. And I'm and I'm I'm a better person because of it. Yeah. And a better yeah. mom. And a better and mom. And a better mom, right? How does that show up for you? How does legacy show up in you that you can't deny? So my mother was a nurturer. Um, she was always about family and she was always about making sure everybody was okay. Uh, she didn't want any um, tension between family members um, or her friends or church. Or she, just, she, she wanted everything to be peaceful. And she wanted everyone to get along and she wanted to make sure everybody was happy. Um, she always wanted people around the house um, celebrating, you know, um, holidays, birthdays, Sundays was big. Hmm. Everybody needed to be at the house on Sunday. And like Alva was just saying, because I was thinking about that thing. Um, I think for me, it showed up differently but I love having people around. Um, I love inviting people into my home. Uh, I wanna make sure that they're good. I wanna make sure that everybody's having a good time. I don't want there to be any tension. Um, I want everybody to feel loved and welcomed. Um, I wanna celebrate birthdays. I wanna celebrate whatever milestones may be going on. Um, with my tribe. I just want, I want them to always know that my home is open yeah. and that yeah. I, I genuinely want to celebrate them and I genuinely love them. And I think, I know I got that from her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. I think I got that too. <clears throat> Cause I, I would rather my house be full than empty on any day of the week. Like it don't mm-hmm. even matter. Like I just, all, all of that energy, um, it fuels me in a way I can't, I just can't even explain. Like when all of those kids are here and I'm fussing and yelling the whole time. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, fussing, I'm fussing, look, I'm fussing, yelling and cooking the whole time. Okay. But I need it. It's not even a want. Like I, like I gotta have it. If, if, if it goes too long, that's why this whole pandemic and everything. And I can't, I can't squeeze no babies. Ain't nobody in my lap. Ain't nobody in my face. Ain't nobody asking me, Auntie. I know I'm your favorite. Can I have some? You know, can I have this? And and I'm sneaking stuff and this one thing. And they arguing. I'm the favorite. No, I'm the favorite. Like I love all of that. And it and it fuels and feeds me um, in a way that I can't explain. And I think that is a, another piece of that legacy thing. That's just something we just we just got from my mothers. But since we since we lightened it up a little bit, tell me something funny. Tell me something funny, a funny memory you have, or something funny about your mother's personality. And I was sharing with you all before we um, before we came on that my mama was the ultimate Baptist church lady. Like hats, gloves, purse, suit. She gonna be at every service. She the secretary of every organization in the church. All of that. <laughs> my mama loved good preaching. And she loved good singing, but my mother could not sing. And she <laughs> a beat if you bought her one and put it in that pocketbook. She could not keep it. She would lose it and drop it. And no matter where we went, my mother thought she should stand up and clap and sing and bump <laughs> into whoever was next to her. Because she, she just won't go rock, you know, the Baptist rock. Like she just won't go get it. She gonna bump into somebody and she don't care. <laughs> She's going to clap wrong and loud. She's going to sing loud and wrong and all of that. And we used to be so embarrassed. Like when we was little, we was like, oh, she would just sit down. Like 
Do she hear herself? Like, this is ridiculous. And she bumping into everybody the whole time. And and even when my children were, when Trinity was little, um, we were we were talking about that. And that was one of the things they remember that their mama couldn't dance and she couldn't, she had no rhythm. And that she was sing real loud in church and she was bumping into everybody and that you couldn't tell her that her praise won't real and that her praise won't <laughs> you right. cannot tell her God won't just as pleased with her bumping into everybody. <laughs> That's right. That's and right. Still on par with the soloist. Cause <laughs> you know, and so when I belt out and I start singing, everybody thinks it's funny, but I really think that that's <laughs> from my mother. Like I'll just belt out and start singing and everybody be like, Jesus, please just make her stop. Just make her stop. But I think I sound good in the shower and in my car. My mother ain't sound good nowhere. Like <laughs> I love, I love her. She ain't sound good nowhere and she should not clap to nothing. Nowhere. <laughs> no funny. So tell me something funny. Tell me something funny about your mother. Because what we want in this conversation is to help people understand that it's okay. It's okay. It's okay to talk about the heavy lifting stuff, but it's also okay, okay to share those fun memories, those funny memories, and that you can go into Mother's Day with a lighter heart. Remember something funny about your mother. So share a story with us, ladies. Let's tell us something funny about your mother that you remember distinctly. So my mama was the house party lady like she always gonna have a house party and it and uh she couldn't sing or any of that she she probably couldn't really dance but you couldn't tell her that but she would always communicate something to somebody through a song so she was playing these songs so all her and her friends be sitting in the kitchen and they like terribly you know we had a, the 45s back then the latina 45 and she would put it on and it's this song called taxi Y'all know that song, Tax? Yeah, she's on the other side of town. (laughs) She would pay taxi. And then the rebut came out. And it's Taxi, Take Him Back. There's another song that said Taxi, Take Him Back to the Other Side of Town. Between them two songs and a white pony, rather a white horse, girl, we... We could have wrote them daggone songs because we didn't listen to them to a million times. And all the old people would get up. Because at that time, I was young. I was like 10, probably 10, 11 years old. So they was old people. And I'm not saying that in a, you know, like a politically correct. Or, um, we was like, mom, yeah, old people just, wow. Ah. And she was like, tax. <laughs> Say be like oh lord sit down with this party these house parties like y'all oh lord jesus and we don't even have house parties anymore you know people don't have house parties and listen to music and dance anymore but it was fun to see now that i look back it's one of the fondest memories that i have of my mom and just being herself you know just being a grown-up just being like children sit down mom sit down you know because if you see your mama shaking her booty or whatever you be like don't old people don't shake their booty like stop mom you know and so that's the memory that has carried me and then and then that was the time we had rollers like we didn't have all that technology that we got so rollers with the little toilet paper with the toilet paper roll your hair and she would have her little house coat taxi with her little rollers in i'd be like oh lord he gonna take him back because you see them rollers in your head <laughs> oh yes some people okay girl listen listen because she, she had to keep, and that's her business and her it's her business right that's what i was just gonna say my <laughs> one of my memories was my mother when she was she was a housewife um she was all about being comfortable around the house and so she would wear some concoctions and i'd be like what is going on? <laughs> like she would have, you know how they would wear those house coats and she would have on a house coat and then she would have on like a skirt under it and then she would have on socks and then she would have like house shoes on and I'm like, that's too much. What is what is going on around here? <laughs> like, what are, what are you doing? Like, that's way too much going on right there. But obviously she she started out with one outfit and that and then she was cold. So that wasn't gonna work. So she had to add layers to it. And the whole color coordination thing did not matter. 
at that point. Yeah. <laughs> she was in the house. She wasn't going anywhere. But to, if you would have, uh, she would have opened the door, you'd be like, what happened? Like, you all right? You need a hug? Like, <laughs> what? I mean, it would, it, would, it would traumatize you, but it would crack you up at the same time, too, because it would be a whole thing going on. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's ladies, fine. I want to thank you. I want to thank you. I love y'all so much. I knew I could have this conversation with y'all. And we made it through it without breaking all down and everything. But hopefully, <laughs> we did. Um, just the conversation itself inspires somebody to have a soulful conversation with their friends, their girlfriend, their tribe, um, and, or their family members about their mothers and the fun, good times that they, they shared. And maybe even um, some of the struggles, right? It, maybe even some of the struggles. So all of this, of course, is a lead-in to um, uh, an, uh, an, uh, an, a product. Uh, let me, maybe I should just call it a product, a product that we're going to offer in the Soul Care Academy. And um, hopefully today, after you watch this, you'll be able to go to the soulcareacademy.com and download a worksheet um, that Alva, the griefologist, has put together. Um, and it is the prelude to a course on grief and loss and how to engage in some healing practices and some healing tools, just in case you're stuck. Cause we know some folks who are stuck in grief. Um, we know some folks who are, you know, missing their loved ones so very much that they can't even figure out how to cycle up and out back into their lives. And so um, this, this segment wasn't to, to make you feel sad or, or anything like that. It was to show you what a healing journey can produce. And then right. on a healing journey, if you start the process of healing, that you can recover and that you can graduate to having these types of conversations and sharing fond memories of your loved ones um, in a way that honors them and blesses you. So Alba, do you want to tell us a little bit about this worksheet and about the upcoming course in Soul Care Academy? Absolutely. It's a it's a course on grief and loss. And I think a lot of times just the word grief and loss can be off-putting um, and people don't want to take the journey. The course is to let you know that you're not alone um, and that we understand that there is turbulence in the process of reclamation. And, and you know, a lot of people don't understand or don't have words to say, well, what, why would I do a grief journey? Like, what's the whole point of that? You can't change what I lost. No, you can't change what you lost, but you can change you. And that's what these conversations are about. It's about nurturing yourself back to health and to life. Um, loss is a part of this process. You know, losing parents is a part of the process. And yet, your best days can still be ahead of you. And that is the point of any type of course that we're offering at the Soul Care Academy is to say that no matter what you go through, no matter what happens to you, um, you can still have your best days ahead of you, right? And we want to we want to journey with you in the Soul Care Academy where your soul is safe to flourish, where it's safe to recover, where it's safe to be paid attention to. You know, um, and that is the whole purpose of soul care. And that is why, you know, come join us in the journey. And if you don't know what to do, it's okay. That's what we're there for because we've been through some things and we, we are here as sister friends, loving each other's souls, right? Nourishing each other's heart, sharing this legacy, this memory, um, and just knowing that there is love after loss. That's the whole point of the conversation. There is love after loss. I don't care how devastating you think it is. There is always love after loss. Please just wake up and see our faces. Mm. Thank, you. Thank you, Alpha. Lisa, do you have any parting words um, or um, parting words or um, wishes of, of well-being for folks who are in the midst of it? They're in the thick of it. Right. And so they watched all of this and they're like, yeah, they might be there, but I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. What would you say to that person, male or female, that's watching? That um, grieving the loss of a loved one is a process. Um, and no one can tell you how long it can take. Um, you have to journey through that. You have to cycle through 
all of the different stages and you will cycle through them multiple times. Um, my prayer and my hope is that you don't get stuck right. in it. Um, feel it, feel it all. Embrace it all. Honor your loved one who has transitioned and passed on, but don't get stuck in the grief. Don't get stuck in that pain um, because it will diminish your life um, and you don't have to. And your loved one wouldn't want you to. Uh, so seek out help, seek out counseling, seek out coaching, talk with a friend, family member, someone that you can trust. Like Alva was just saying um, at the Soul, uh, Soul Care Academy, um, reach out to someone that can help you get through the grieving process, not rush you through it, uh, not judge you, but can walk with you, genuinely walk with you through the journey of grief because it's real and you shouldn't do it alone. Um, and there's others out here who have gotten through it that are more than willing to help you get through it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's absolutely the perfect way to end this. You know, the Soul Care Academy is not just for the ladies, it's for the fellas too. And mm -hmm. the faculty is not all female. There are brothers on the faculty too. And so um, this conversation um, was all female, but we don't want the brothers to feel left out. If you are grieving, if you are okay. in one of those stages of grief, um, grieving the loss of a loved one, um, there's somebody waiting to walk alongside you with care and compassion. Um, we say at the Soul Academy, your soul is safe. And it is because we, we live by the anthem of do no harm. And so we want to help you transit, help, help you maneuver through the stages as opposed to getting stuck um, the way Lisa was talking about because we know how detrimental that can be. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, we wanted to stay good on time and I think we did ladies, uh, but we wanna thank everyone who joined us for this soulful conversation. Feel free to share this. If you know somebody who is in um, grief, in, deep in grief or who feels very much alone um, in, in this season of loss, We're coming out of um, a pandemic and, and 2020. And for some of us, the loss isn't necessarily about a specific person. It's the loss of a dream. It's the loss of 2020. It's the loss of expectations and um, goals that we might've had for the previous year that didn't get done. We're here and we're available. We're availing ourselves to walk alongside you. And so thank you for tuning in for this edition of Soul of Soulful Conversations, not with Frank and Sheila this time, but with the Soul Care Academy, a few of our faculty members. We appreciate you so much. Feel free to share, to like, to comment. If you have any questions, please send them over to the Soul Care Academy at gmail.com. We would absolutely love to hear from you. And if you want more information about our coaches, please go to the soulcareacademy.com. If you are interested in product offerings from Lisa Anderson, you can go to the website. And if you are interested in the grief work that Alva is championing and is the grand professor of, uh, <laughs> we'll make sure that you get connected with her as well. In the meantime, stay safe, family, and be well. We love y'all.